0: Hello, this is Sylvester McCoy, and you're listening to the Blue Box Podcast because I don't want to. <laughs> no, that's not right. <laughs> this is Radio Free Scarrow. No, it isn't. Oh, this is confusing. <laughs> you're listening to the Doctor Who show, that's right, the Doctor Who show, and this is the A to Z of Doctor Who. <laughs> I was in The Hobbit. Welcome to the A to Z of Doctor Who. This is part O, and I am Ian Martin. O is for Omega. Omega is one of the great figures in Gallifreyan history. One of the founders of Time Lord Society, an influential figure in the campaign for the nascent intellectual elite to break away from the matriarchal society led by the religious leadership of the Pythia, known as the Sheboggans, or if you're Peter Capaldi, Shubugans. There's an iconic image of Omega in front of a red campaign bus on which is written the slogan We pay the Sheboggans £350 million a week, let's give it to the NHS. As the newly established society, known simply as the Lords, began their new life in the newly built capital, Omega worked with his best friend, the leader Rassilon, on several scientific projects to advance the race. During one of his and Rassilon's late-night experiments with a black hole, Omega was sucked off. into the singularity at its heart, leaving Rassilon back on Gallifrey, suddenly with enough power to conquer the fourth dimension. The Gallifreyan elite rebranded as the Time Lords and set about building TARDISes, which were generally agreed to be so awesome that losing Omega was widely deemed to be a small price to pay. Unbeknownst to his race, however, Omega survived in the black hole, bending reality to his immense will, until he'd managed to create a new reality, perfect in every detail, a paradise he ruled as a living god. True, having only come from the quarries outside the Gallifreyan capital, his idea of paradise was... Another quarry. But with the gel guards, at least, he'd found the perfect physical design to suit his particular sexual desires. On one occasion, he tried to improve his lair by bringing in an off-the-peg office space solution by trying to steal Unit HQ. But this was foiled by two slightly camp guys with a magic recorder. Omega was last heard of knocking about in Amsterdam, trying to score some Moroccan skunk to wean himself off of the Rice Krispies. As is so often, high political office effectively destroyed him, and the NHS never saw a sodding penny either. O is for the Ood. When Russell T. Davis is in one of his blacker moods, he can really make his character suffer, none more so than the alien race known as the Ood. This race of peace loving, tendril faced dweebs have to contend with being psychic, as well as being physically abhorrent. But at least now, They don't shield their brains in their hands like they originally did. Now they just walk around with red eyes clutching their balls, a bit like overworked porn actors on a night shoot. When they aren't being taken over by the devil, or enslaved by Percy from Blackadder 2, the Ood like nothing more than huddling in ice caves and having a sing-song, issuing cryptic warnings to passing time lords that their number is up, and so on. Even the Daleks kick back and have more fun than this lot. They look like they've puked up their guts. Advert break. Advert break. Oh, hi. I'm just cooking a simple and delicious meal for my friends and family with Blue Apron, who love nothing more than leaving me to cook from little pre-prepared plastic bags while talking to myself in the kitchen. God knows what they're all up to in the other room. <laughs> oh, they're they're all playing Naked Twister without me. I'm just joking, folks, I don't actually have any friends or family, but I do have a really good series of ebooks available from Amazon. The Winter Hill series is a space opera mixing monster-of-the-week adventures with story arcs about the politics of the future, the rise of a crime family on the mean streets of Minerva, and at the centre of it all is a woman with no memory trying to keep one step ahead of the nameless figure watching over her from the shadows, a man whose secrets could jeopardise the entire 12 galaxies. Winter Hill by Ian Martin is available from Amazon. Blue Apron Food is available from Blue Apron. Have you built a clean, simple website with Squarespace yet? No? What's wrong with you, you dick? O is for Osgood. So, I was going to write a brilliant joke here about the latest 17-box set series from Big Finish being called Osgood and featuring Nicholas Briggs as Ingrid Oliver's uber-fangirl cum-scientist. But firstly, Rob put his foot down about jokes about what a cum-scientist would do, and then it turns out that Big Finish really have actually gone and done stuff with Osgood anyway, inevitably. But Osgood, she was great, wasn't she? A Doctor Who fan with a Tom Baker scarf and a Sylvester McCoy jumper, cosplaying her way through life as Unit's scientific advisor. A smart, funny, strong female hero in a major TV series, representing perfectly the new wave of female icons we so desperately need. And if I know the internet, I bet there's already lesbian fanfic with Osgood meeting Jodie Whittaker's 13th Doctor. Oh! Oh! is for outtakes. We've all seen the hilarious outtake from The Awakening, where the horse and cart overshoots its mark and accidentally takes out the unconvincing balsa church gate. But many other gems are known to exist in the blooper archives of BBC Towers, which could easily be monetized now. We'd all love to see the famous scene where the murker slips in its own wet paint and collapses onto Ingrid Pitt. We'd love to see that almost mythical footage of a slightly drunk Tom Baker in full Doctor costume having a cheeky slash in the Blue Peter Garden. But there's so much more. That classic sequence where Trout and Jamie and Victoria rush into the TARDIS prop and it falls over. The end of Terror of the Vervoids, part one, where Bonnie Langford accidentally screams in the chord of E instead of F and suddenly starts swearing like a navvy when she's made aware of her faux pas. I'd love to see the outtake from the sword fight scene in The Sea Devils where John Pertwee's truss bursts and one of the little buttons takes out camera three. And wouldn't we all like to see the unedited first take of Sylvester McCoy playing the spoons on the Rani's chest, which ends up with an unprepared and unimpressed Kate O'Mara punching his lights out. How about that great moment when Matthew Waterhouse sneezes during a scene from Castravalva, slips in the damp grass, overbalances, falls down the river bank, rolls into the river, bangs his head on a rock, and gets shat on by a passing wolf. I'd love to see that. Oxygen. Somewhat incredibly... There were no classic era Doctor Who stories, which began with the letter O, which means the only episode I could look at for this uh, instalment of the podcast is the very recent story Oxygen, and there's not a lot you can say about that, which would be funny, because it was, you know, quite good. But then I went to the archive in BBC Towers and checked the records of abandoned classic stories and found the following titles, which did start with O. Try and guess what these stories could have ended up like. Out of the Ship, Omes of Doom, Outrage of the Cybermen, Orbit of Destruction, Obadiah of the Daleks, Omelette of Trachan, Oblong of Death, On Her Majesty's Secret Cybermen, Oranges and the Rani, Olive from On the Buses, Onslaught of the Mirka, onomatopoeia of the thing it sounds just like, and my own personal favourite from the Barry Letts era, Ostriches of Doom.